Sports School on Gangsta Easy Anthony here at the Coaching Jack Podcast. It is the weekend wire. We're talking movie and TV news today, so thank you so much for tuning in. Let's uh, kick this episode off here in a moment, but before I do, make sure you hit the follow button, guys. If you guys have been listening to the podcast uh, for any amount of time, maybe this is your first time, enjoy, hit the follow button so you don't miss anything that we've got going on here, because we do, we have a lot going on, folks, and we got a lot of cool stuff planned that you guys will uh, hopefully start seeing here in the near future. Let's go ahead and kick this episode off with a little bit of news about Peacemaker. So comicbook.com reports Peacemaker, James Gunn, John Cena's Suicide Squad spinoff has more action than any superhero show ever. Also note, John Cena was recently on the red carpet uh, promoting Suicide Squad and he stated, it's already shot and done, guys. It's it, it's a thing of the past. It's ready to go, which is exciting. So there's no peace in Peacemaker series creator. James Gunn says the series spinning out of the Suicide Squad is packing more action than any superhero show ever, starring John Cena as Christopher Smith, the helmeted anti-hero who kills to keep the peace. The eight-episode spinoff explores the origins of the character Gunn calls the world's biggest douchebag and a pretty rotten piece of shit. (laughs) That's an awesome description. Oh, my gosh, that's beautiful. Um, After setting up his HBO Max series, my freaking browser keeps slipping away here. Um, Series with the Suicide Squad, uh, Gunn previews the action-packed Peacemaker and teases potential future seasons of the DC Films TV series. There's not a big plan in place, but it's something I would love to do. I know the cast would love to do it as well. Gunn told Entertainment Tonight about Peacemaker Season 2. We haven't been picked up yet, so we'll have to see what happens. Um, Gunn directs five of the Peacemaker, five of the eight episodes. Jody Hill, who does Observe and Report, HBO's Eastbound and Down, and the previously announced Brad Anderson, Fringe, DC Titans, and Rosemary Rodriguez, Marvel's Jessica Jones and The Walking Dead, direct the remaining three episodes, which that's in pretty good damn hands, if you ask me. Next season, I hope to direct all of the episodes. As you'll see, Peacemaker is a very different show from anything we've ever done before in the superhero realm. Um, uh, like Guns... R-rated Suicide Squad, it's ultra-violent gore fest, high body count, nil-fated DC comic characters, peacemakers, and no-holds-barred, but often quieter in some ways than the big blockbuster. It's very, uh, it's very specifically about a different group of people, so it has little to do, a uh, little bit more about the society. I don't know, my freaking screen keeps jumping off there. Let's see what else we got in this article. What else? This was as good as AIDS, Task Force X. Um, talks back about, okay, I think that, I think that for the most part is it. I was looking for a date and then it goes into more Suicide Squad stuff. I'm stoked for Peacemaker. I feel like this is DC and HBO and Warner Brothers. It's their opportunity to 
start building up that side of the MC or the DCEU because it's needed. I, I strongly believe it is heavily needed at this point. Here's why. The while Titans is awesome, we're going to talk about Titans here shortly. Uh, they don't have a lot of TV shows in tandem with movies yet. And we know that that is a successful path, like what the Marvel Cinematic Universe is doing. Not only the MCU, but Disney as a whole, Star Wars. It's a good idea to do it. And then possibly, we talked about this before, we might be getting some crazy live action show of Invincible with the same characters, different story. Then we've get the animated series that's available on Amazon. So I feel like they're stretching these IPs in a good, in a good way, um, but allowing them to have two different lives uh, to some degree. And DC needs to run with that. If they want to, if they want to build up some longevity, in my opinion. So, Let's keep it moving. Next on the movie news, let's do this one right here. Hopefully my screen will stay open. The Russo brothers wrap filming on The Gray Man, which Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling are the stars of. I mentioned this before. This seems like it's going to be badass. Uh, since March, Avengers Endgame director Joe and Anthony Russo have been filming their next movie, The Gray Man, which reunites Captain Marvel, Chris Evans, and the film also has Ryan Gosling. Um, it has Billy Bob Thornton, Alfre Woodard, and many others. The cast and the directors are occasionally updating the fans with production information. So the Russo brothers have, you know, a couple of shots that they shared, on, I believe, on their Twitter or possibly their IG. According to Deadline, the script by Joe Russo was polished by the Avengers in-game writers, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. A previous report is also revealed that the movie will be Netflix's biggest film budget to date. Uh, the intention is for it to be competitive with any theatrical and the ability to do with Gosling and Evans is a dream for us, says Joe Russo. Um, let's see. Uh, the idea is to create a franchise built around the whole universe with Ryan at the center of it. We have committed the first film, and there's going to be a great second film. These are these are master assassins, and Gosling's character gets burned by the CIA, and Evans' character has to hunt him down. We have a great working relationship with Netflix, and we've got uh, we go back almost twenty years. Um, we formed the AGBO to be a agnostic storytelling company where we figure out the best platform. We think Netflix is perfect place for it. Gray Man is a spy film for fans of the Winter Soldier. The Gray Man is similar in the sense that we're trying to embed a very modern current environment that we're, faced, that we're facing on a global level in terms of spy network in the CIA. Uh, let's see, are you excited about The Gray Man? Comment down below. Uh, I'm I'm stoked for it. The freaking Russo brothers. Are you kidding me? Ryan Gosling. He's so he's just so steamy hot. And Chris Evans. Uh, yeah, this is going to be badass. Netflix needs um, some wins under their belt. They were doing. I feel like Netflix was killing in the beginning of COVID because they had these movies, Six Underground. They had uh, just a, a bunch of movies that they had. And then it, I feel like they kind of just trickled off. 
and I'm not sure what the deal is there. Where's all the shows and everything else? Now, granted, they have had some some things, but not at the not at the big scale that you would expect from Netflix to be competitive with the Black Widow movie that dropped, with Jungle Cruise that just dropped, with these other movies, the Titan shows that's out right now, and this and that. I'm I'm feeling like they're gonna they're gonna sucker punch us with some uh, movie goodness here late into the year, which will be very much appreciated. All right, so let's keep going. Um, this woman was this kind of took me back here. I was like, wait a second, did I read this right? We're back over at commie book, commie book, comic book. Dotcom reports this Morbius director seemingly spoils cameo by Tom Hardy Venom. This just came out. Morbius director Danielle Espinosa appears to reveal Venom actor Tom Hardy is swinging into the Sony Spider spinoff movie. The first trailer for Morbius starring Suicide Squad's Jared Leto as the living vampire antihero from Marvel comic books teased a Spidey villain team up with Michael Keaton reprising his role as the vulture um, from Spider-Man Homecoming ahead of Eddie Brock's return to the Sony-verse. Let's see. With the Venom, Let There Be Carnage. The Swedish filmmaker seemingly spoiled another mini crossover when Morbius takes a bite out of theaters in January. He says this, it usually feels strange before the day begins when you look at the schedule and stand on the set yourself, Espinosa says in a translated interview with Swedish movie sign when asked about directing big stars outside of the smaller movies. When you walk around there, the recording looks like, looks just like a Swedish production. But then, when you look at the schedule and read the names like Michael Keaton, Jared Leto, Tom Hardy, then it feels cool and very exciting. But once you start working, it's exactly the same thing. An actor wants a director, and an actor's want to be directed. Anyway, so there it is. That, that's, the, uh, that's the thing. I mean, he calls it out right there. When I see that schedule and I read names that say Michael Keaton, hot damn, Jared Little, hot damn, Tom Hardy. Oh, fuck. Did I just say that? <laughs> I bet you that's what he's saying. I mean, Sony probably fucking blew his phone up right away. You son of a bitch. <laughs> you let it out of the bag. Um, So we'll see. I mean, obviously, we don't know. But hot damn, would he be welcomed into that Morbius world? Now, keep in mind that Morbius is a Sony production and I don't know, again, what the ties are there with anything else. So let's keep going. We're over at ScreenCrush.com. Catherine Zeta-Jones and Luis Guzman. And if you're not familiar with Luis Guzman, you got to look this guy up. You, you've seen him a million times over. I love this dude. Um, are the new Morticia and Gomez Atoms. Typically, the words and kooky, mysterious, and spooky, not to mention altogether ooky, are not meant as compliments, but in this case, I guess they would be. That's because a new creepy, kooky, mystery, spooky, and altogether ooky heads of Adam's family has been cast. Netflix announced today that Catherine Zeta-Jones and Luis Guzman would be Morticia and Gomez Adams in the new series 
Wednesday, the latest TV adaptation of the Adams Family comic strip and franchise. Wednesday has already been set cast. She'll be played by Jenna Ortega. No words yet on who's playing Pugsley, Uncle Fester, Lurch, Cousin It, and whose hand will appear as the thing. Anyways, that's pretty cool. I mean, the Adams Family deal has been this kind of a quasi-niche thing, but it has such a cult following. It's like the Munsters and Adams Family have this like cult following. I watched the Munsters when I was a kid. I loved the Adams Family as a kid uh, with just uh, all the craziness in it. So Wednesday marks Tim Burton's directorial debut in the world of television. He previously made a movie version of the Adams Family, Dog Chateaus, um, based on the TV soap opera of the late 60s and early 70s. The previous live action Morticia and Gomez Adams, where Angelica Houston and Raul Julia, rest in peace, who were both outstanding in the two 90s Adams Family movies. In the original Adams Family live action TV series, the characters were played by Carolyn Jones and John Aston. Replacing those actors will not be easy, but Zeta Jones and Guzman sound like a very promising duo. In addition to Burton, Wednesday um, also has Alfred Goh, Miles Millar on board as showrunners. They've previously created and produced hit shows like Smallville and Into the Badlands. Between the cast and the creators, it's already got to be one of the most highly anticipated shows coming to Netflix. So there's there's uh, some of the answers to the Netflix shit I was just talking. Well, kind of, because we haven't seen. We got to see what they're doing. They got to come out with this stuff. It's great to talk about it, but not so great to uh, not see anything. All right, this next article, I read this, oh, shit, like, uh, I think, yeah, about a week, almost a week ago when I started collecting this. A little bit of drama in Hollywood. And for those that have, you know, for those that are in their, I would say mid thirties, maybe early thirties, maybe late thirties, but you you have to be in that area to truly appreciate uh, what's happening. Well, not, I guess not what's happening. Uh, The situation. So Jackass is coming from hype beast. Jackass co-star. Bam Margeris, who's Paramount, MTV, and Johnny Knoxville. So for those that are not familiar, Jackass and CKY and all of that stuff, that was product of the, I believe it was the late 90s, early 2000s is when that really kicked off. And it went fucking hog wild. It was a show ultimately, I, I believe, and I may be wrong when I say this, Bam Margera is the one that really pioneered the pre jackass movement with his uh, his crazy tapes. It was like CKYT or CKY. It was just a bunch of guys doing crazy fucking things. And then the the team came together and created Jackass, which really got a lot of momentum going of just doing everything under the sun. And here we are, right? Like twenty or thirty years later. And uh, let's go into this article. So Bam Margera has filed a lawsuit against Paramount Pictures, MTV, Johnny Knoxville, and more, alleging illegal dismissal from the up-and-coming movie Jackass Forever. The lawsuit was filed by Margera and his loan-out company, Margera Incorporated in Los Angeles Superior Court. In addition to the affirmation... Hold on, my fucking screen keeps sliding off. 
Uh, let's just go down to this thing. Let's just go down to the article. So ultimately, again, I was trying to explain to you, Bam Margera was a huge celebrity from his um, homemade crazy stunt movies. And then he got into the jackass stuff and he was a pro skater. And then he was on so many different MTV shows. And then he had some, he had some issues uh, and, and to some degree, I, it's completely understandable. I mean, he, he, his mental health had swayed and being in a position where a young guy like him is making all this fucking money, doing all this stuff. And then I, I'm not a hundred percent. I don't want to say that this was the case, but I think there may have been some, um, some abuse of, of, uh, drugs and alcohol somewhere in there. He lost a good friend of his, uh, anyways, rough fucking road for the guy, uh, in, in a lot of just crazy things. So he files this lawsuit because he was tied and it says it somewhere in here. Cause I don't want to go through the nitty gritty of it, but essentially, Oh, here it is. The lawsuit was filed. Okay. And the group includes Jeffrey Tremaine, Adam Spiegel, AKA Spike Jones, Dickhouse entertainment, gorilla flicks and others. The lawsuit intends to seek to the redress, uh, to redress for defendants, inhumane, abusive and discriminatory treatment of Margera and the wrongful termination of him. And. Oh, there is wrongful termination from the jackass franchise he created among the primary claim wrongful discharge. The lawsuit also alleges violations of fair employment act and housing act fraud breach of contract Intentional infliction of emotional distress. Margera is seeking millions of dollars in compensation, a paramount or, or a permanent injection to prevent the film's release, which is crazy, and additional damage. I am pissed off, says Margera, angry, hurt, and shattered by Johnny Knoxville, Jeff Tremaine, Spike Jones, and the studios and the producers ripped off my creativity, content, and stunts to make this movie fired me without justification and refused to pay for my work. I created this franchise before any of these guys ever got involved, says Margera in a statement. My lawsuit isn't just about compensation. It's also about, and of course my screen just jumped. I don't know what's up with my uh, computer. Sorry about that. Um, Sons fired me without justification and refused to pay me for my work. I created this franchise before any of these guys ever gotten involved, says Margera. My lawsuit isn't just about compensation. It's about treating people with mental health and addiction issues in an honest manner and not taking advantage of their disabilities and ripping them off. The lawsuit details that Margera was placed in rehab in 2019 and claims he was coerced into signing a wellness agreement by Jones and Knoxville. The lawsuit goes on to allege that after months of filming, and work by Margera for the up-and-coming film, Paramount Pictures terminated Margera's contract, claiming violation of wellness agreement. The plaintiff upholds the agreement was never violated, and then more to come. I mean, that's crazy, and the reason I brought this up, A, was just, again, man, that freaking show was so big, and then those the stars of the show, Johnny Knoxville and Bam Margera, in their heyday, I mean, they were they were climbing that celebrity tree, like champs and then they they've kind of fallen off so it makes sense okay it's been a hot minute let's let's get some money let's get some moolah let's a uh, drum up another a, a new a new video and uh, see what's out there for us so i mean to me that makes sense again i don't have the clarity on this of exactly what happens but it does sound pretty shitty um 
so we'll have to see what happens. You know, unfortunately, like I said before, Margera's had kind of a hard go of it. And uh, I hope the dude, I hope the dude uh, gets his personal shit taken care of and then his, his professional stuff. And yeah, let's keep going. Let's go into something a little funner. Funner. Let's go to Variety.com. Brings us Idris Elba joins Sonic the Hedgehog 2 as Knuckles. So Knuckles is one of the one of the main characters that came into the Sonic the Hedgehog series. So good choice. Hot off his starring role in Suicide Squad, Idris Elba has joined the cast of Sonic the Hedgehog 2 as the voice of Knuckles, Sonic's scrappy nemesis turned compatriot. Paramount announced on Tuesday. They actually confirmed the casting by posting a first look at the character or rather the character's hand, including the signature spiked knuckles. That's actually pretty cool. You guys can go on to Twitter if you ever, if you want to. And it's Idris Elba. He just writes knock, knock hashtags, Sonic movie Two hashtag knuckles. Um, so Knuckles first appeared in the, as an antagonist in the 1994 saga or saga <laughs> Sega video game, Sonic the Hedgehog three tricked by Dr. Evil or Dr. Robotnik. Um, anyways, this is cool. I mean, Sonic, the movie itself, I thought did yeah, the first Sonic the Hedgehog was one of the few pandemic or pre pandemic hit films of 2020. So it came out like right, right in the right time, grossing 319.7 million worldwide. Obviously, we know it had James Marsden, uh, Tika Sumter, Natasha Rothwell, Adam Paley, Mr. Jim Carrey, Ben Schwartz, and uh, what was a success. And so we will see what comes in Sonic 2. It's kind of exciting, though. Idris Elba's Knuckles. Uh, if Jim Carrey comes back, you know, I don't know. It's, it's kind of cool. It's kind of a fun, a fun kind of goofy, goofy thing. Uh, man, we got, we got some other news here that I want to talk about this thing, man. Let's see. Let's see what this is. Cause shit's been blown. No, this isn't the same. This isn't the same article. So I'm not going to read this article. This is something, something similar. I guess we'll just riff off of this and this other stuff. So, Comicbook.com reports and shows Moon Knight set video reveals first look at the Disney Plus action movie, which it goes into details on that. That's not what I want to talk about because there has been the set photos of the Moon Knight costume. And it has been ripping through the internet as he does have what looks to be a semi-traditional Moon Knight style costume. And it's been blowing up the internet. First look at Moon Knight, Moon Knight, first Moon Knight. You know, and I've seen this a million times, a million times over. Um, and this is a set leak little little video here. Let's, uh, let me see if I can, I'll kill the audio so I don't get in trouble. Oh yeah, they're just running and jumping. Yeah, there's Moon Knight again in the in the costume. It's about five seconds long, man. It, it, you pretty much know the whole movie at this time. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking ridiculous. Anyways, it's crazy because it's like they're getting seconds. You know, there, there was a photo. We've got a photo of Moon Knight. Now we've got five seconds of Moon Knight jumping in a park. We're piecing this movie together one week at a time. It's like, it's crazy to me, but I get the hype around it. 
Moon Knight and many others are going to be huge in the up and coming Disney plus Marvel world. And rightfully so. I mean, the hype around this stuff is real. There's, there's just so much in the world that's going on between the comic book market, these movie markets and everything else. It just makes too much, too much sense to think that a opportunity, a possible opportunity to reveal or, or reveal any of that information, just like the Tom Hardy comment above with Morbius and people are going to take every fucking thing they can um, for, for just the sole fact of wanting it. Um, some people are just assholes and taking it. And then you, you've got people that are just genuinely interested and are like, Hey man, I got to share this thing. I saw blah, 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 blah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's ex- exciting times. This next one, we, we haven't talked about this for a hot minute. And that's Gina Carano lands first project since the Mandalorian. So has officially found her next project following her controversial firing at Star Wars, the Mandalorian earlier this year. According to the new report, Carano will be starring in and producing a currently untitled revenge thriller, which is based on Eric Reed's novel, White Knuckle Red, whose work includes the Hitcher, and Near Dark will also be writing the film's script. Um, the story follows a strong-willed woman who survives an attempt by a serial killer trucker, White Knuckles, haunted her, haunted by her encounter and the cop's inability to catch the person. She partners with a trucker to the end to end the killer's reign of terror. The production is being developed by Carano and conservative media entertainment. The daily wire has been in the works for several months. Now the film is reportedly in negotiations with a director with plans to release in Q1 of 2022. Huh? Huh? This comes after Carano was fired from her role as Cara Dune in star Wars. So I don't know, man, like I don't. So, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to see. That doesn't, that doesn't sound very appealing to me. She, I, I, but we'll see, we'll see what comes of it. Let's keep going. I got, uh, let's look at this one. All right. Netflix Avatar, The Last Airbender. And this shit gets confusing because you say Avatar and I instantly think of two things, which is the two things that come to mind, right? Avatar, James Cameron. In Avatar, The Last Airbender. I really wish someone would have chose a different a different name. Anyways, we're talking Netflix Avatar, The Last Airbender reveals official cast and crew. So as you may or may not know, Avatar, The Last Airbender is ready to give the world a live action film. One more shot. Netflix begins development in the live action adaptation of the hit animated series years ago. But little has been said about the project until now. The company took time today to announce the official cast and crew of Netflix. All right. Let's, uh, I'm going to go, well, there's not a lot, I guess. Let's just go through this real quick. Right now. Jordan, or Jordan, Gordon Cormier, he, him, is Aang. A few, yeah, you know the characters. Damn, I don't, I'm going to fuck this next. Kio and Tio, I'm pretty sure I messed that one up, is Katara. Ian Owsley is Soka, and then Dallas Liu is Zuko. As for the crew, Albert Kim, Sleepy Hollow, has been tapped 
uh, to write the adaptation and act as showrunner. Dan Lin, Lindsay Liberator, Michael Giao, and Kim will also be executive producers in the project alongside Rosen Ling. Jabbar Rosani, Gio, and Ling will also act as directors for the Netflix Avatar, The Last Airbender. Um, if you guys go online, you can see the characters themselves and their their photos if you're unfamiliar with those actors. I was unfamiliar and still am unfamiliar with these the uh, cast. Um, it could be cool. I mean, I feel like there's so much hype and, and so much love for those characters that you got to give it a second chance. That first movie was hot trash, in my opinion. Um, so... You never know. You really don't. And it does have a strong IP. I mean, so we'll, we'll have to see what comes of it. It's uh, another another item that's in Netflix's wheelhouse. I hope Netflix picks up the Keanu Reeves uh, Berserker in animated and in uh, actual film. That would be so exciting. Um, and, and it is on the horizon. So if you're not familiar with that, check out Berserker, B-R-Z-R-K-R. It's worthwhile. Uh, let's see. I just got a couple other pieces here, guys, and we'll wrap this episode up. Uh, New Teen Titans Season 3 is out now. So if you have HBO Max, you're going to want to check that out if you've been following that DC side of the world with Nightwing, Dove, Hawk, Beast Boy, uh, and, and and so forth and so on. Great show so far. Highly enjoyable. I love that's It's one of my favorite shows out right now. And uh yeah, you got to check it out. Doom Patrol will be coming for those that uh, also watch Doom Patrol next month in September. So you will get the Titan season three, which they dropped three episodes during launch. And then I believe they're going to do the weekly for a minute here. The weekly one episode drops and then Doom Patrol, I'm assuming is going to do the same where they'll drop three episodes on the drop day and then once a week afterward to get you coming back, which I feel like that's OK. If you get three up front, that's enough to get you back in the story. The whole one, it's it's like, do I give a fuck? <laughs> but when you get three, generally that's enough episodes. It's enough TV to get you kind of like, oh, I want more. Uh, at least for me, that's my that's my, uh, my thoughts on that. So out now, what else is out? Well, we've got Free Guy is in theaters now as well, exclusively. They're not streaming that thing yet. And so we'll see how long that lasts before they convert to streaming, which leads me to my last and final thing I wanted to briefly talk about. and. It's uh, to some degree, it's a little concerning, but we'll we'll see what happens. And that is our theaters going to remain open into the fall of 2021. Here's why we have big movies without title or without release dates now, such as Venom, no release date. Where the hell is the Spider-Man trailer? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Is Shang-Chi going to make the cut and come out on September 3rd? Where the hell is the updated Eternals trailer? Right. Um, and, and many, many, many other things. You know, we've got Batman slated for December. We haven't seen any trailers for that. We have Morbius or excuse me, Batman, I think is slated for January, February. We got Morbius slated for January. No trailers for that. Uh, no recent trailers, I should say. So it's kind of concerning. Uh, from the the movie viewing side of things. Now, I'm not going to go into COVID or the Delta variant and why, blah, blah. We're not going into that. However, it clearly the which whichever you wanna you wanna follow, um COVID, with or without the Delta variant, I don't care how you look at it, um, is impacting theaters once again. And 
impacting people. And again, we're not going to go into the details and the minutia of, of what is and isn't going on. That's not my point. My point is because of the situation or the current and rising situation, theaters are like on this, on this fence mark to where movies are quasi underproducing as far as, um, the numbers go, they're doing okay. I read free guy was doing okay. uh, As far as it launches go, as far as its launch goes, but is that going to continue to rise or is it going to flatline or is it going to fall apart? That's really the question. Um, because as that happens, what does that mean for all of these movies that are due to come out over the next several months? Are we going to have a very, very quiet <laughs> fall slash winter of 2021 into the beginning of 2022 because of this, as far as movies and TV shows go? question mark or are we going to see an uptick in theater goers so these movies continue to release is there contract changes is there's a lot to this um i am hopeful at this point that we do get the content that is out there because i mentioned this before i'll mention it again is i feel like uh it did not do black widow any justice by waiting so long i don't think it did personally as far as the story goes. Now, they don't give a shit about the story and continuity or timing versus how much money can we make based off of time. Okay, so let me be clear there. I'm fucking telling you they don't care. They're not going to, well, we need to get it closer to the end game so it makes more sense, even though we'll make a substantial amount of money less. So they took, they did what they did. Um, but my fear is if they push, start pushing out all of these movies, we're going to end up in that position again to where it's like, who? Hey, what am I going to watch on, on Disney? Cause like I watched it all already and there's nothing coming out soon, you know, because you got to think even in the Disney plus realm, we haven't seen the She-Hulk trailers. We haven't seen the Hawkeye trailers. We haven't seen any of these, these new show trailers. Uh, what if is going on right now? That is a new show that just dropped. You guys got to check that out. Um, I may do, we, we, We'll we'll talk about that a little bit further in depth as we get another episode under our belts. Great episode, though, that they started with. Um, and the animation in that is incredible. However, that does not replace a live action big, big ticket show like Hawkeye that's supposed to be coming out, like Armor Wars. Like, it just doesn't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Disney. It does not replace it. So, with all of that being said... <clears throat> I I'm hopeful that a, obviously everybody stays safe and, and, and follows whatever parameters that are uh, needed to keep everyone safe. So we can enjoy cinema in the theater, but in the event it doesn't go, I hope that streaming gives it the opportunity in life that needs to be breathed into these films during the recommended, or I shouldn't say recommended. It's more the original timing for these movies to come out because it looks like it could be an exciting fall of 2021 as opposed to looking down a hallway with nothing. We're looking into, it's like looking into an open auditorium while it's dark out and then the lights turn on and there's nothing there. And you're like, Oh, I don't get to watch all these superhero movies. I wanted to. Damn it. (laughs) That's it guys. That's all I got. I wanted to end on that note. Thank you guys so much for checking out the culture Jack podcast. The Weekend Wire and all of the shows we do. We truly appreciate everybody that's listening that have 
followed and subscribed to our our, uh, our podcast, which, as you guys know, we say it almost every episode. We're available everywhere. So maybe you're listening to it on a non-preferred podcasting platform. Well, take a moment, jump over to the one that you do like, check us out there too, and give us a review, guys. Please give us a review on whatever platform you're listening to. Um, it helps us. It helps the algorithm. It allows uh, the podcast to quasi organically reach more people. And all that requires from you is a review, a nice comment. And uh, yeah, that's it. So we'll leave it there, folks. Thank you so much again. We'll catch up with you in the next episode.